Mindfulness Mode 160. When I'm able to accomplish some degree of mindfulness, it just helps to ease any anxiety. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Lankford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Hey, Mindful Tribe. Thanks for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. Today, I have a voiceover expert, and he's also a comic book expert. He has a podcast on getting into comics. So maybe comics are something you've always been kind of interested in, and you thought, you know, how would I sort of get started? Maybe you saw a movie that related to comic books because they're tied together sometimes. Well, that's why he started his podcast called called gettingintocomics.com. You can check it out. He is also one of the most down-to-earth, one of the most enjoyable guys to talk to. I think you are going to love the fact that when I say at the beginning of the program, I talk with people from all walks of life. This gentleman just makes for an amazing podcast interview. And he talks about how, you know, he's just kind of getting into mindfulness and he's just kind of exploring it and learning about it. And I really enjoy that because so many of you, Mindful Tribe, are in that same place. You can learn a lot from somebody like this gentleman. And I'll tell you now, his name is Tim Page, P-A-I-G-E. So if you want to connect with him on Instagram, I'll tell you, it is the voice of Tim Page. So you can check him out on Instagram. So sit back, settle in, and enjoy our interview today. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I am really thrilled to have Tim Page on the line. So Tim, are you in mindfulness mode? Let's hope so. (laughs) We're going to find out. Tim Page has a great hobby. He's a comic book enthusiast, and he loves to help people move into the world of comic books who are unsure where to start. Maybe you've seen a movie or a show relating to a comic series, or or you'd like to tune into the story in a more in-depth way. There's almost a century's worth of stories out there, and this might turn out to be a newly discovered love. Check out Tim's podcast called Getting Into Comics. You know, I see Tim as a truly mindful guy, and we'll be talking about this interesting relationship between comics, mindfulness, stories, this kind of thing. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So, so Tim, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. And, uh, you know, I don't know how you can not be in this era as a comic book lover with everything coming out and so many amazing ways to get into this uh, this hobby. But yeah, I'm doing great. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, you know, comic books are a lot of fun. But, you know, I, I'd like to start off just by asking you this. I'm not putting you on the spot or anything, but what does the word mindfulness conjure up for you? You know, I think um, it, it's not something I, I necessarily think about too often, but I think um, it brings to mind for me just being uh, being present and being aware of um, of of what's happening now in the moment. I find, and this is something I'm uh, a party to too often, that it's easy enough to be thinking about a hundred different things at once. 
to be focusing on that thing you've got to do later, to be focusing on that thing at work or that project or, or, you know, sometimes in my case, that comic book that you really want to buy (laughs) and, uh, and not be present with the people that you're with, uh, not be paying attention to what's happening in the, in the simple little things that are really enjoyable. So I think mindfulness, uh, at least to me, brings to mind the idea of, uh, of being there, being present, being in the moment and um, enjoying what's happening now as opposed to all the other things. Yeah, I think that's true. And I, I really think it's cool what I saw in your Facebook post where you said, you know, I like to look up from where I'm working and I see these comic books I put up on the wall, the X-Men comic books. How do you feel? Where does that take you when you're maybe a little stressed at work and you look up there and you see that? How does that make you feel, Tim? You know, I think uh, it just gives me uh, a little focus on, um, I like to say like a little bit of magic. Uh, my my family and I, my wife and, and my kid, we are, we're big Disney people. So oh, yeah. pretty much anything Disney related, we're obsessed. Uh, and and I think the thing that I love so much about about Disney, whether it's the movies or the parks or really anything, is that they, they focus so much on magic. Um, you know, bringing bringing a little bit of magic and wonder into everyday life. And, and I love that. So for me, um, I mean, I have a job that I love. I have a business that I love and I'm really passionate about it. But you're right. Sometimes you want to smash your head through the keyboard. And um, and that's just, you know, that just happens. But, you know, it's easy enough to to look up and see those comics and think about a little bit of magic, think about a little bit of, of fun and um, and just be excited that again, I, I talk about it a lot that this is such a great time to be a fan um, of comics. And so looking at them, I get that, that reminder that like, Hey, you know, there's this, there's this fun stuff I get to be a part of. And then of course I, I often, and this is a, a really big initiative for me lately. I've often been thinking about how to inject a little bit of magic into everything, whether it's work or, or you know, hanging out with, with family or doing chores or whatever it is, you know, injecting a little bit of magic. And I think the comics remind me of that. Yeah, and that just really extends to making us feel happier, making us feel more relaxed more often, right? Definitely. Yeah, well, you know, we feel the same way about Disney and our family. We love going there because it is like a total escape. You just feel like, wow, this is a this is another world. I don't need to think about any of my worries at all. And I guess that's kind of what mindfulness is sometimes, just being able to kind of clear your brain and escape from all the stresses and stuff. So what's the first comic book you ever remember reading, Tim? I think that the first comic book I ever read was probably, I think it was, uh, it was the X-Men. I know it was the X-Men and I believe that it was, uh, the first appearance of Gambit. So I think it was X-Men 266. Um, because I remember thinking, wow, this is, this is a crazy world. This whole thing is just out there and, and the people are out there and, and there's these wild characters. Uh, and that was, that's what started me on my path of, of getting into comics. And from there that actually led to, uh, the X-Men animated series from the nineties, which was an amazing, amazing series that before all the movies, before all this stuff, before your average person, cared about superheroes and comic book characters, that animated series from the 90s got it right. 
And so it just that's what took me down my path. And were there any challenges? Were you were you always allowed to buy comic books pretty much whenever you wanted or read comic books whenever you wanted? I was I was definitely allowed to read them, but we were really poor. Oh yeah. Um, you know, my mom my my mom and my dad are divorced and they've been divorced since I was I think one or two. So, mm-hmm. um I don't remember them ever together and neither of them had much money. Um, and you know, my mom raised me for the most part, single mom. Mm-hmm. We lived in a one bedroom apartment and I had the bedroom cause mm-hmm. my mom was just like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we didn't have a lot of money and anytime she had extra money, she spent it on me. So it wasn't always easy to read comics and it's not like it is now where there's digital comics and right. you know, stuff like that. But what I would do is a lot of t- a lot of the times I would I would either watch the show or I'd borrow friends' comics. We would kind of trade them around. Sure, that was typically how I got to read them. And you know, I didn't I didn't have some big collection or anything. I just enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. It probably probably took you away from what you were doing and just took you right into another world. Yeah, definitely. And it's funny because, you know, I I don't think I don't think I ever knew that we were poor. It's not like yeah. When you're a kid, you don't realize, you, you yeah. know, you're just like, oh, we're just, you know, hanging out with, whatever, yeah. you know, doing our thing. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think I ever realized that, but it did, it does take you to another world. And so then, of course, for Halloween, I would, you know, be Wolverine or whatever. Yeah. And of course, hanging out with my friends and we're pretending to do battles. And I think that was the thing that I always loved was that you could always find this character that you either you saw a little bit of yourself in or that you saw these qualities that you admired that you didn't have that you could then say, oh, you know, I wish that I had those. So I'm going to pretend to be them so that I can have their strength or wisdom or whatever it is. Well, yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned that about dressing up and because I was just at an event called Con Bravo, which was really an exciting event for gamers and comic book lovers and movie lovers. And it was, it was billed as the event for everything nerd. And it was, <laughs> it was just a lot of fun, but I think 40% of the participants were dressed up. Awesome. I mean, cosplay is becoming such a big thing and it's so much fun. What do you think about that? Do you ever get dressed up as a character? I love it. Um, I, I have no sense of design or style. I can't sew. Uh, that's all my wife. And yeah. uh, so, you know, for Halloween, we dressed up. I, I went as Deadpool, who's one of my favorite characters of all time. Uh, my wife went as uh, Iron Man. Yeah. And, you know, the most beautiful Iron Man ever. And, uh, and, and you know, my son was Spider-Man. So, but it w- they were kind of just cheap costumes that we bought. Sure. Um, but I, I love the cosplay thing. I would love to, uh, to get into it a little bit deeper if I had the talent. Um, but it's funny because my best friend who lives in California um, is also a big comic book fan. He's also a big Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. And so he is a part of this group of people that... Uh, that does, I think it's called the 501st, uh, but they, they dress up as Star Wars characters and they go to these events, you know, they'll go to Target and do like an in-store meet and greet and take pictures of the kids. And it's this really cool thing that they do and their costumes are so elaborate and, uh, and amazing that I'm like, every time I'm like, oh, I would love to make a costume. And then I think about them I'm like, oh yeah, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<clears throat> well, I was interested that at this event, there were, of course, there were people who you could get them to make costumes for you. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people in that business, which is kind of cool because, yeah, the same would be true for me. I wouldn't know where to start, you know, like I would need some help with that for sure. Yeah. And I, I do. I think it's awesome. It's, it's a great opportunity to play pretend. And I am a, a huge fan of as an adult um, not being willing to be constrained by the fact that you're an adult. Uh, you know, you like you saw the pictures of my office, the yeah. place. I always make this joke. It's like the, the place that uh, I work, the place that's supposed to be the most, quote unquote, grown up space in the house looks like it could be a kid's room. Um, and, <laughs> you know, because it's surround. I'm surrounded by comics and comic based mm-hmm. things, except for one corner, which has my Syracuse University stuff because I'm a diehard SU fan. But you know, I I think that as as adults, and everybody says this thing, you know, like we grow up and forget to be kids. But I really think now more than ever, we we have to be able to let go of that, like that desire to to you know impress other people and be be very you know respective you know adults. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's it's kind of ridiculous because who are the happiest people that you ever see? Well, usually kids, you know, kids are super happy because they're living in their fun fantasy world. They don't, for the most part, care what anybody thinks. Um, sometimes that, that can be a bad thing, but for the most part, it's, it's great. And they're, they play with wild abandon and they're, they, they be whoever they want to be. My son, who's two and a half, he loves Hulk. And so he's always, you know, running, Hulk smash. And, and it's, it's amazing. And why as adults, is it like, is it wrong? Uh, Not wrong, but you know, why, why do people look at, at other adults who want to go and dress up like Spider-Man as like, oh geez, you need to grow up. Um, so I just, I'm a big fan of it. I think it's awesome. If cosplay is your thing, I think you should do it. If, you know, if you want to go do like, um, you know, the, the medieval thing, you know, I can't think of LARPing or whatever they call it. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And, and if, if golf is your thing and you just love it, then, then that's awesome. But I, I'm a huge fan of, if you love something, just go nuts for it. Not in the sense of like, you know, you need to work and do your passion. All that is great too. But I just mean, if you love something, then, then, then live it, like own it and be that thing that, you know, be a part of that thing that you love, let it be who you are and, and who gives a crap if other people like it. Yeah, I totally agree. And a lot of what you're describing to me is mindfulness because mindfulness is about not judging. And that's the thing I experienced at that conference I just went to was that everybody's there doing their own thing and you don't feel like you're being judged. Nobody did. I interviewed lots of people and it feels like a safe zone. And wouldn't it be amazing if the whole world felt like a safe zone? Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. I love that you said that, that it feels like a safe zone. And I I agree. Um, I think we're moving a little bit more towards being accepting. I think more and more, you know, just uh, using comics as an example, that's not the only place where I feel like if you, you know, you got to like comics to be a kid. Um, but you know, I, that, that's a great example is that more and more people are starting to be into it. More adults are willing to say, you know, oh man, I love, you know, whatever, Captain America or whatever it is. And you see more and more, like I talk to these people that you would never expect, you know, hedge fund managers that on the weekends put on a, a Spider-Man costume and, and 
you know, and love it and go crazy and act like kids. And I think that that is awesome. Now, there are still a lot of people that are like, oh, geez, here's the, the comic book people or whatever and, and, and have to keep up that the appearance of whatever adulthood. But I'm, I'm just loving that it's becoming more almost cool to be just be who you are and, yeah. and be aware of this is who I am and I'm good with that. Yeah, I love that too, Tim. You know, some comic book characters use mind power in a big way. What are some of the most famous ones? What are some of the ones that just pop into your head? Um, my favorite is is Professor Xavier, Charles Xavier from the X-Men. Oh, yeah. um, you know, and I think his is kind of literal mind power. He's a, uh, he's a telepath and has telekinesis. And, um, and, and what's interesting is that, you know, you've got people like the Hulk, who is just all rage and strength and power and, and, you know, physical power. Right. But Professor Xavier is considered one of the most powerful creatures on the planet. And yet he's in a wheelchair. He has, he doesn't have the use of his legs and he's considered one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful being on earth. And, and to me, I think that's, it says a lot um, especially, you know, it's, it's, it speaks a lot to the fact that, a lot, you know, in the earlier days, comic fans were usually like me, you know, acne ridden and nerdy and skinny and whatever, you know, non-athletic. Uh, and so, of course, it's like, well, our minds are our power. But <laughs> all that said, <laughs> it really is, is it, it really is true that, you know, you have so much power over uh, over yourself, over your life, over the the impact that you can have on other people. Right. Um by, you know, by, by just being able to, to understand what's happening in your brain and say, okay, you know, today I'm being a snotty jerk and that's, that's not okay. And I'm not going to take that out on other people and, or I'm not going to be around other people for today or whatever. Um, and that's, I love that, uh, Xavier has that, that same kind of thing. Everybody looks up to him. Everybody respects him. Everybody fears him because he has that control. And, and not only does he control, you know, can he control other people and, and all that, but he's also incredibly intelligent. Um, and so he understands when he, he should and shouldn't uh, use his powers for certain things. Um, he understands that sometimes the best way to get somebody to make a positive change is to just have influence over them and show them the right way as opposed to, you know, being like, here, I'm going to control you with my mind. Um, so I, I think, yeah, he's a great representation of mindfulness. Yeah, very cool. Do you think that that translates right over to the readers who learn about Xavier and how he operates? Do you think then the reader starts thinking, well, you know what, I can use my mind and I can become better at not judging or better at creating the world I want using my mind rather than my physical strength? I think for a lot of people probably does. Um, I don't, as a kid, I don't think I ever really associated sure. that all. I think as a kid, what I thought was, look, this guy's really powerful and he's, he doesn't have gigantic biceps. And, you know, I was, I was a scrawny little kid. And so to me that, that was one of the reasons why I really related to him. And I thought that was awesome. Um, but definitely I think, you know, more and more adults read comics now. And I think that is definitely something that, um, it shows and and you find, again, even now the villains that are the most powerful, the ones that that stick around, 
um, typically are the ones that use their mind. A great example, I won't spoil anything, but, you know, Civil War that just came out, Captain right. America Civil War, the the main villain outside of, you know, the heroes themselves uh, was uh, a guy who uh, has really no powers and isn't strong, but he manipulated everybody. And that's, you know, again, I know he's using them for bad, but again, he was, he's a very powerful villain because of his ability to manipulate people. And so again, focusing on the best, strongest, most interesting characters are the ones that use their mind. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. You know, I know you love Disney and that Disney movie Enchanted, you know, it had some hilarious segments. You posted, <laughs> you posted that clip and I, I just laughed so hard when I saw that movie and that clip, you know, just like you, you said, you really find it funny and you were comparing it to Deadpool, which is really interesting because they used humor there too. Can you just talk a little bit about that for a second? Yeah, well, you know, the thing that, the thing that I love about both of those movies is that they're not afraid to um, to poke fun at themselves. Yes. You know, comic books and comic book movies have a tendency to be a little bit like self-important and be kind of like we're big superheroes and the, the world is, is coming to an end and we have to show our strength. And, you know, like there, a great example is in – in Deadpool, uh, there's a moment where um, one of the characters basically jumps off of a high spot and Deadpool goes, ooh, she's going to do the superhero landing. She's going to do the superhero landing. And, you know, she lands really in a weird way. And he goes, oh, that's just not that that's just not right. That's that that's got to hurt or whatever, you know. And it's really funny because in Enchanted, you know, it starts off as an animated movie, just really overblowing kind of the the Disney tropes of like the princess looking for, you know, true love's kiss. And, yeah. and she, you know, when she falls out of the tower, the the prince catches her and, you know, she says, hi, I'm Giselle. And he said, we'll be married in the morning. And it's <laughs> it's so funny because it's yeah. it's clearly ridiculous and making fun of itself. And it's and it's it's not in a way that's like i don't know it it's not like aggressively saying like this is stupid it's saying look we realize that this is all ridiculous we realize that it's a little bit corny it's a little bit cliched yeah. but it's really fun and it's magical and and so enjoy this anyway um like you the clip you were talking about in an enchant in enchanted is where they're walking uh, Giselle is walking down the street with the guy who's kind of like a serious, you know, I don't believe in love yeah. kind of type. And they start singing, uh, how does she know that you love her? And, you know, like all the other, all these random people on the street starts, start singing along. And it's kind of like, he's like, how do you know the words? You know, just <laughs> making fun of the fact this, this whole thing. And I love that because to me that translates to real life. I am all about making fun of myself. And not in a way that's like I'm disparaging myself or knocking myself down, but you got to be willing to go, yeah, I'm kind of a goof. I'm kind of an idiot. I forget stuff sometimes. That's just life. And and be willing to do that and, and be willing to have other people do that too. You know, my wife and I have an amazing, amazing marriage and she makes fun of me and I make fun of her and it's it's fun and we laugh at each other and we laugh at ourselves. And, um, and in this time of, you know, I guess uh, – where people are really sensitive about stuff. Mm -hmm. um, we are just the anti-sensitive, you know, we're, we're just really not so you could, you can say whatever you want for the most part. Um, and, and we understand that there are certain things that, that are 
that that hurt feelings and and cause that stuff. But I think for the most part, we're starting to get a little overblown out of control with what we're willing to accept and not. And so because of that, I'm just I dig deeper and just make fun of myself a little bit more. And that's what I loved about both of those movies and why they I think they connected is because it was that, hey, this is kind of stupid, but it's fun and just be willing to, you know, be a little bit stupid and have fun. <laughs> yeah. And I know you laugh a lot. And I, I think the humor does, the world doesn't have enough humor. You know, we all need to laugh more. I yeah. just, I just love that, you know, just relaxing and laughing at whatever. It's just, just makes the world a better place. You know, my son, I was talking to him about our interview and everything. And he says, well, you know, dad, a lot of comic book fans and movie fans, they write their own stories and, and that's called fan fix. And, and I yeah. thought, well, geez, I wonder if Tim has ever done that. Do you ever write your own stories, you know, get into the creativity of it? Nope. I've, uh, I've, I've never really done that. I wrote, uh, stories when I was younger, but they weren't, you know, they weren't comic book based. I I wrote these really bad horror stories when I was younger. Um, but, uh, but no, I don't, I don't think I tell a great story personally. So I, I enjoy other people and their ability to tell awesome stories. And I think some of the, the fanfic is absolutely incredible. And, uh, and the, the comic company should, should hire these people. It's, some of it is so fantastically good. In fact, uh, there are some, some movies like people will make, you know, a lot of the times they're short movies, 10, 15 minute movies, but they'll put them on YouTube and these things look like professional productions. They look better than some of the TV shows. Wow. And, you know, a, a great example is uh, for any fans of The Punisher, uh-huh. uh, there's one, I think it's called The Laundromat or Laundry or something along those lines, but it is, it's so great. Uh, another one is for DC fans, it's, I think it's called um, Nightwing. It's, a, it's kind of more of a series, like they did it almost like a TV show, these short episodes. Um, but the production is just out of this world and the stories are great and they're told in a fun way. And that's that's where I think a lot of the times and I know this isn't necessarily about mindfulness, but I think it's fun because a lot of the times people rip on the studios, you know, yeah. like if a movie comes out like Batman versus Superman and it wasn't that good. It, we're kind of like, look, you know, Johnny fan over here can make a great Batman movie, but you're <laughs> you're screwing <laughs> it up with a hundred and fifty million dollar budget. But anyway. Yeah, and that's another thing my my son said. Oh, he says, you know that movie, Batman v Superman. You know, everybody was so excited about waiting for it, waiting for it, waiting for it. And then he says, oh, yeah, that's know, how I felt just too. <laughs> too bad. But then Suicide Squad, they had some pretty fun, cool characters. What do you think about Suicide Squad? Yeah, I'm I am completely on the the camp of I don't understand why people hated it so much. Yeah. Personally, you know, I think yeah. I think what happened is people. Um, people to a certain extent are starting to take it a little too seriously. Yeah. Um, you know, this movie is not going to win some award for like best picture. It's not, it's not a a thought piece. It's Mm -hmm. a fun movie where villains are trying to be heroes, uh, because they're forced to be heroes. Otherwise they're going to continue living out their sentence. I mean, really one of the guys is killer croc and he looks like a human crocodile. Come on. It's, (laughs) It's not meant to be this, this thing. And, and I know that, you know, people that have been lifelong DC comics fans, which that's not me, I'm not a big DC fan, but you know, they, they really wanted this to be some thing. But for me, it was a fun movie. I enjoyed it. I didn't think about other things. It was that break that we were talking about. 
um, from reality, even if reality is great like it is for me. You know, it's still nice to get a little break. It was fun. It was engaging. The characters were were pretty good. The acting was great. So, you know, I, I think people just are expecting some, you know, the next Shawshank Redemption. But yeah. it's not. It's it's villains being sure. ridiculous. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, Tim, I've worked in bullying prevention for a long time, and I, I really think it's amazing how mindfulness can help to kind of reduce bullying and change how bullying looks. Well, you've probably seen lots of bullying in the comics, but do you have a story about bullying where mindfulness might have made a difference? Yeah, I'll tell a kind of a funny story, and I think mindfulness definitely would have made a difference. Um, but it's luckily I was young enough that I can look back and laugh a little bit. Um, but I think, you know, had it been an adult, it would have been a different story. <laughs> so I was bullied all the time. I think most of us were, but I was definitely um, in the bullied camp all the time. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's fine. Uh, I think that it taught a lot of lessons. But that said, so there was uh, there was this particular instance where um, I was on the bus and the um, my my babysitter's kid was my bully on the bus, you know. And so I would I would sit on the bus and, you know, my hair would be being pulled. My head would be being, you know, I'd get slapped on the back of the head. And, you know, this went on for a long time, a few months, which, you know, for kids feels like 100 mm-hmm. years. Yeah. And I, I finally fessed up to my mom about it. And she goes, you know, you got to stand up for yourself. You can't, you can't let that happen. You got to sure. stand up for yourself. Otherwise it's going to continue forever. And so, um, and so I stood up for myself with a punch in the nose. Uh-huh. And, um, what I didn't tell my mom was that the bully was a girl. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> so I, you know, as a whatever nine-year-old or whatever, you know, gave a girl a bloody nose. Mm-hmm. And what I think, um, I, I'm, I'm not sure how, I'm not sure how I would have better handled it being nine, but I think, you know, I think that part of it comes down to that willingness to just actually stand up and say, you know, Hey, you just need to stop that. You know? Yeah. I, I think I never stood up for myself. I never, I would right. stop, you know, but I think a, a part of it is, is standing up for yourself <laughs> maybe without punching, <laughs> punching yeah. her in the nose. Yeah. Uh, but being, being able to say, you know, Hey, you, you need to stop that. I, I, I don't appreciate that. That's, that's, it's not cool. Um, but I think as a nine-year-old punching in the nose is probably what I, what I, <laughs> all I knew how to, how to do. <laughs> yeah. And I think the thing is every once in a while, we have to be able to pull away from the humor or whatever, like, because if someone sees us as a person that we just laugh a lot and we see everything funny, then maybe they think, oh, he thinks things are funny. So I'll do this. I'll do that. And yeah. you know, I don't have to worry about him taking it too seriously or something like that. So, you know true i think that we don't laugh a lot don't laugh enough sometimes but every once in a while we have to get serious and let people know that we're just not going to be willing to put up with whatever right yeah exactly right and and the same thing with me you know i think it's it's hard it's very very rare that something upsets me or offends me but on the rare occasion it does i i think that's where a lot of the times I believe that people don't mean to be offensive. They, again, especially with me, they just think, oh, look, he, you know, nothing really offends him. You can say whatever you want. But every once in a while you cross the line. Yeah. And and that's where it's up to me to not 
get all fumed and angry and just be like, you know, hey, I don't that wasn't that wasn't cool. Could you not could you not do that or not say that or whatever? Right. And yeah. I, and that's that's what it comes down to. It's just, you know, for me, the biggest offense, um, you know, because nobody's going to say anything bad about my wife, because I think a lot of people understand you don't do that. They're not going to say anything bad about my kid or whatever. But I think the greatest offense for me is if somebody um, says something or does something to my kid that is uh, that is a that is in uh, conflict with the way that I parent. Sure. Because uh, it's easy enough to do, and it's usually harmless. It, there's no harm intended. I think we all we all parent differently, and mm-hmm. if you don't have kids, you definitely don't you know understand that. And so you know to to give my kid like a candy bar or something. Well, I don't give him sugar. So right, it, that would be one of those things. Like, hey, you probably didn't know, but please don't do that again. Yeah. As opposed to flipping out. Oh my gosh, that's my kid. You know. Yeah. Um, and you know, I could laugh at it and go, "Oh, geez, yeah, you shouldn't have done that." But then again, that would seem like something that wasn't a big deal when, in reality, it was a big deal to me. Yeah, sure, I understand that. Yeah, we didn't give our son sugar for the first year at all, and then we kind of gradually, sort of, shifted. But you know, I really believe in that as well, Tim. My next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short thirty-second answers are perfect. Here's the first one: Who's one person? that you think might have influenced you and your mindfulness? You know, I think that um, my dad is a, a great example of, of somebody who is very mindful. Um, and and he's, not, he's not mindful in the sense that, you know, he doesn't meditate. He doesn't do thoughtfulness activities. He, he is just, if you're with him, he's with you. Uh, and and I I don't know that I've ever known anybody who is who's like that so naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know a lot of people that have worked really hard to get there, but he is just like that. He just completely, he you know, he ignores his phone. It, yeah. If you're sitting with him and it rings or he gets a text message, he's ignoring it. Yeah. If if you you know if uh, something's happening, he's not thinking about other things. He's in the moment. He's hanging out and. And he, you know, if he's golfing, he's golfing. If he's working, he's working. And I, I really respect that because um, as much as I aspire to that, I'm horrible at it. And in fact, as we're speaking, I'm probably at the worst point in my mindfulness that I've ever been. Um, I am as scatterbrained as ever, which is why maybe you saw I, I picked up a book at the local book sale um, to try to quiet the noise. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I know that I know 150% that it affects the time spent with people because my brain is, is it's always there, but it's all also always on something else that I have to get done. That's the right. biggest thing is I'm always thinking about, well, what needs to be done? Right. So my dad is a great example. He's never thinking about that. He's always focused on you and being there and talking and hanging out and having a good time. Yeah. Well, I love when I meet people, people like that, that are really mindful, but it's not necessarily because they're trying. It's just the way they are. Yeah. It's cool. That's yeah. it. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Tim? Um, I, I think that if nothing else, when I'm able to accomplish some degree of mindfulness, it just helps to ease any anxiety. That yeah. if nothing else, it eases the anxiety because I can just say, 
what I'm doing right now, this is what's important right now. The other things will be important later. Right. And that's, yeah, that's a really big thing if it can do that. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice. I don't think it is. Um, I, it's funny. I have a degree in massage therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in New York, that's a big deal. It's a thousand hours and there's really strict testing and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things we learned, um, you know, diaphragmatic breathing, we learned, uh, you know, uh, abdominal breathing. We, we focused on a lot of these things as opposed to, to epical breathing. And, um, and I learned all of it, but I never really used it to focus. Mm-hmm. Um, I just used it to kind of ease tension during a massage session. Um, but it, it's, I've seen in the book that I'm reading, it's part of it. So something to consider. You know, I really appreciate you sharing all of these these thoughts with us and just being totally vulnerable about it all. And, and Tim, how can we learn more from you about comics or, or about anything? How can we connect with you? Yeah, well, if um, if you want to get in touch, I'm I'm often on. Uh, I've actually moved from Twitter to more Instagram now, so I can post pictures of comics all the time. But uh, I'm on Instagram at the Voice of Tim Page, uh, and it's P A I G E. If you want to check out my comic book podcast, uh, it's GettingIntoComics.com. It is very sporadic because it's purely a hobby, and so that means it's easy to get pushed aside. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but yeah, those, you know, those are a couple of, of good places. If you want to check out, if you like voiceover, uh, I'm a, a voice actor and I do a lot of TV promos and, and, uh, news introductions and stuff like that. But I also do a lot of podcast intros. So, um, I'm at the voice of Well, that's great. And yeah, I've heard lots of your voiceovers and they're really impressive. Thank really you. love what you do. And, and it's great to know you and, and to have you on the show very much appreciated. So thanks again, Tim, and have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks very much. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.